The five W's. Have you heard about the five W's? I bet if you haven't, you probably will in a moment. The five W's are very important in journalism. They are in investigative reporting, and they are in research. The police and many others use who, what, where, when, and why. Those are the five W's. They work. They work in finding out what's what. And I think they'll work for today's sermon as well. I really do. Today, I want to use them to capture yet one more aspect of Jeremiah and his message, his life and his ministry that speaks so loudly to us. His message, God's message. And I guess for now, briefly, that's the who. Jeremiah and you. We and I. The who. But let's go on to talk about the what. We'll get back to the who. What? What do Christians do? What have we done already today? And what are we going to do later in our worship? What have we done just a moment ago? And often in many situations under different kind of circumstances, what do we as God's people do? I wonder whether Jeremiah actually did it. But I do know he wrote about it. He spoke about it. And maybe people responded, listen, but the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. So my persecutors will not stumble and not prevail. They will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. Lord Almighty, you who examine the righteous and probe the heart and mind, let me see your vengeance on them, for you've committed my cause. Here it is. Sing to the Lord. Give praise to the Lord. He rescues the life of the needy from the hands of the wicked. What a song to sing. And I bet, although I don't know, that more than one song or hymn have been written from those words of Jeremiah. We're encouraged through him and God's word through him. Sing. That's what. That's what. Some people can. Some people can't. Either because they've limited themselves, don't feel like they can do it very well, and maybe even a physical limitation prevents them. Some people sing very, very well. Well, and others, not so much. If you heard Pastor Don Sandman sing, you'd know. If you heard the choir sing today or other times, you know there are people, and maybe you too, who can sing very, very well. Makes me think of my first couple of college years in Ann Arbor at a Concordia. There was the top-of-the-line choir. My wife was privileged to be a part of that because she could really sing, as could the whole choir. They traveled and blessed many with their songs. Me? Uh, not so much. I got by, but I was in the second level of choir. What I lovingly called, but never to the director did I say, we're the dummy choir. We can read music a little bit. We can sing and we'll travel. They will travel the country. We'll stick close to home. But sing we can 
no matter. Sing, we are able. Ephesians, you heard St. Paul's words, which are God's words. Sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your hearts. Sing. And not just a few of us, not just the best of us, but all of us. Martin Luther knew that. And Martin Luther implemented that. A big part of the Reformation was to transform God's people in worship. And he gave a lot back to them because it had been taken away from them in worship. And singing and music were important to him. In fact, listen to what he wrote. I truly desire that all Christians would love and regard as worthy the lovely gift of music, which is a precious, worthy, and costly treasure given to mankind by God. And another time he wrote, next to the word of God, music deserves the highest praise. And you see, that's what Luther did. And his day was so needed to combine music and, and singing with God's word to teach, to help people understand God in all that he did and said. That's the what of the five W's. Music, and especially singing. Singing the good stuff. The good stuff. Technical term. As opposed to the not-so-good stuff that maybe we hear or at least are exposed to. Laced with violence, vile words, and even coming across as it is vulgar. Some music, anyway. But not ours. Not our God-inspired songs and hymns and spiritual songs. That's the what. But let's go back to the who. Who? You. You and I, individually and together, been gifted with the awesome opportunity to sing. To sing for ourselves, to sing for others in a congregation like this and sing for the world. The Church of Jesus Christ has a song to sing and even more than one song to sing. We heard it echoed in the choir's anthem this morning. And you know that's important as we have a song to sing because think about this. In heaven, among many things that are going to happen, we will sing. All the redeemed will sing in the perfect choir, the perfect choir in heaven. So what does that make today? It makes today rehearsal time. It makes this time a time to practice, to practice. Who? You, the children who love to sing, and you who are a bit older in teenage years, and you who pass those years and are, are young, and we who are older sing. Have you heard that old-time statement, if only the birds with beautiful voices sang, the forest would be a very quiet place. True? It speaks to us who would sing God's praise. It reminds me, too, of a man named Carl. Good name. Even spelled it with a K. He lived in Canada and was a bit of a surrogate grandfather to our kids because their grandparents lived long way away 
couldn't be there very often for them. He and his wife would hold the kids, little toddlers and babies even, as they were. A big strapping guy, a farmer, big hands and a very deep voice. And Carl sang in the choir. He sang one note. (laughs) One bass note, every single anthem. And we all got to appreciate it because he sang and he sang God's praises. And we understood who, what, and where. Well, you know the answer to that. It's everywhere we sing. There's nowhere that is inappropriate to sing God's praise. Praise. Singing in the shower? Maybe you've done some of that. But don't sing too loudly for the sake of your family, perhaps, or especially the neighbors. Sing wherever you are, when you're walking down the street or when you're in your car. You've seen people sing in the car at a stoplight or even the car bouncing down the road as a bunch of young people are singing together. You and I can sing God's praises in the yard as we relax, in the yard with the grass being cut or the garden being tended. And oh yes, in Sunday school and in worship. Pretty obvious, don't you think? What would worship be without singing? Well, maybe we have experienced that, but we'd rather have the singing. We'd have rather have the opportunity to express ourselves, hear God's truth, and praise Him. And oh yes, the singing here at St. Michael. I don't know if St. Michael in the heavenly realms is singing. No matter, you, people with his name, you sing. I heard it the few weeks I've been here, and I've witnessed it and heard it with my ears and with my heart as our different choirs have sung, just as a choir from here did this morning. Here is where singing takes place. Who, what, where, when. The two overlap, the where and the when. Think about the Bible, for instance, and all that's recorded there. Do you remember Miriam? Does that ring a bell? Certainly Moses and Aaron, those names do and what they did. Miriam was their sister. And after the Exodus, after God led his people out of slavery in Egypt, and after they crossed the Red Sea and the waters covered those who pursued them, Miriam sang. Exodus 15, she sang a wonderful song of deliverance. And not only Miriam, we're certainly aware of and familiar with David. David, I don't know, he probably sang to his sheep as a young man. And when he came into the household of Saul, as Saul was troubled in his heart, David sang to soothe him. He played music to soothe his soul. And David sang himself when he was in danger. He sang himself when things went great. And he sang when things weren't so great. 150 psalms in the Bible. That's the hymn book of the Bible. And many of those come from the pen and from the heart of David and other song, psalms writers. It is the book of the Bible, you realize, with the very most chapters. Remember? 
150. And not only Miriam and David, how about Elizabeth, New Testament, when she learned that she would give birth to a man who would be named John, John the Baptist, the one who would go ahead of and announce the Savior of the world. Just like Mary, when Gabriel told her that she would bear the mother of God, the Son of God, she burst forth in a song we sing even, the Magnificat, praising God for his greatness. And Paul, and many others, but Paul, we heard read from Acts this today that he and Silas, they sang in prison. And the prisoners heard them of all places in prison 158 times. I didn't count them. My best friend, the computer, did. 158 times the Bible says, sing, sing. We sing when we feel good. We sing when we're thankful, blessed, grateful. Sing. Feels good, doesn't it? Makes me think of my family, my growing up years. We would gather around the table every night, most every night anyway, and have devotions. Little visits with God. And then when it came to be Advent, the Advent wreath was there. And week by week, we lit one of the four candles. We had our devotion, and then, then we sang. We sang some of the great Advent hymns. And when we sing them today, it rings here and here. As we moved on toward Christmas, those were a part of it as well. And also for our kids, the very same thing as well as at bedtime. We sing when we celebrate those special days, and we sing when we celebrate, and even when we mourn. Funerals. Funerals, the singing gives expression to our faith, to our hope. And the old favorites, like we sang a few moments ago, become more meaningful still as they convey God's grace. Some of you maybe have seen, others at least have heard about, something called Singing in the Rain, a 1952 musical. It's been acclaimed as one of the best, if not the best, romantic musical comedies that's ever been produced. Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds. And you know, a lot of times we think about rain as being something we don't want to be caught in. <laughs> they sang in the rain as they danced just as we can sing in the rain of storms, of difficulties in our lives. Not just the good times, but the times we hurt too. Jeremiah, St. Michael congregation, just like Jeremiah, we're in tough times. COVID-19 has hit us all. It's on our mind almost all the time. Our Mass remind us of that this morning. There's unrest besides that all around the world. And you at St. Michael deal with a difficult time of having seen a beloved pastor go and his wife separated from him leave as well. You sing still. Just like was sung on the plantations years ago in our history, those great hymns, those great songs that many sang as they were enslaved have become a part of their traditions 
and our expressions of faith as well. Who? What? Where? When? Why? Because Christ-filled hearts sing. Because life sings. The new life in Jesus Christ, that is. It's a release. It's a release that something we can't hold back as we think about God, what he's done. We praise him again and again. Why? Because God is good. We know it. We've received his goodness. Because God saves. God has saved his people all through history. And no more more clearly than at the cross. The cross of Jesus Christ. He saved us once and for all through Jesus. Jesus paid for our sins, forgave us, as I was talking about a few moments ago. He saved us from the worst thing that could ever happen to us. Separation from God forever. That's why we can praise him. It helps us understand, singing does. It helps us focus and even refocus on those truths. Singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs. You know, after a while, they stick, don't they? Up here and here. Reminds me, because I play the radio from time to time, XM Sirius Radio, bazillion stations. Hey, and I like 60s on 6. Early years in the 1950s, but growing up in the 60s. And you know what? When I hear those songs played, I get a little smile on my face. And I remember the words of many of those songs. And every now and then, every now and then I'll even sing along. It's the same with our songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Who, what, where, when, and why. But also one more thing, how. How? Obviously, from the heart. It's hard to mumble a song, isn't it? We sing from deep down inside, even from our hearts, as we put it. Do you know that trained singers are trained to project from deep within their bodies if they want to sing well and sing clearly? And when that happens, we get the goosebumps as we listen. We get a smile on our face and maybe tears in our eyes. We can sing however well we sing, however often we sing from deep within, not physically, but deep down within our very beings. That's an emotional thing, and that's fine. That's good. Whether the tears come, the goosebumps come because it's in a a big church echoing through the rafters, or whether it's with contemporary songs that come from hearts as well. Emotion like that is good. It's good, even for us Germans, <laughs> even us. During these days of COVID-19, we've been challenged in lots of ways. And you probably read or heard that California Christian churches were told not to sing. You read that? Understand that? I can't imagine They couldn't imagine either, and they protested the bad idea. They did so orderly and continued to do so. We Christians, we can't imagine, I trust and I pray, worshiping without singing. We can't worship together without it. Imagine. 
if we would try, and if there's an occasion, you know as well as I, it just doesn't quite make it. With that, with that singing, we survive disasters. We survive through the storms. And we sing in the rain. So, sing. Let's stand and do it as we've done before. <laughs>